Hello, this is Judith Marion speaking from Los Angeles, California. And Andrea Kleibel-Kritzman in Vienna, Austria. And welcome to Brava, the podcast for women in the entertainment industries. Today, Andrea, we're going to talk about the proper level of friendliness in the workplace. You and I have both worked with teams of people, which is pretty common in the entertainment industries or in hierarchical enterprises. And at the times when we've had the good fortune to find everybody getting along with each other, it's been a pleasure because we find that everything runs more smoothly. But today, I'd like to issue a bit of a warning about how this atmosphere of friendliness can sometimes be to your disadvantage. That is, in fact, true. It can be, even though it sounds counterintuitive. What do you think are the disadvantages of too much camaraderie? First, let me say that being friendly in a way of mentioning the film you saw the weekend or your vacation or that you joined a tennis club is fine because it builds common interest and because it's innocuous. However, sharing more personal information about who you are and how you live can really rebound to your detriment. So I advise against sharing private information with coworkers. As we say in poker, keep your cards close to your chest. Can you give me an example of how that can come to harm you? I see four situations in which someone knowing too much about you or becoming a friend rather than a colleague is detrimental. The first is if you're a supervisor. The second involves your peers who are on the same career track as you. The third is working with somebody who envies your advantages, whatever they might be. And the fourth is when you have a boss who rules by intimidation and threats. Well, okay, so let's take this a step at a time. Talk to me about being in a supervisory position and why that precludes friendship. As a supervisor, your relationship with your staff, of course, should be one of mutual respect, but you're not in a relationship of equals. Friends are equals. A supervisor and staff are not equals because the supervisor is in a position of authority and responsibility. And this position is subverted if you're pals with your staff. How does that come into play? If a supervisor is dealing with friends, can they be objective and straightforward in giving performance reviews or in critiquing their staff shortcomings and demanding improvements or in considering someone on their staff for a promotion or the plum job assignments? When they have to deal with those questions, are they afraid of hurting their friends' feelings or damaging the friendship? If, as a supervisor, you find yourself in this situation, you have created a conflict of interest and you've undermined your position of authority. A supervisor is not living up to her responsibility in this conflict, and she's giving her staff mixed messages, which is confusing and upsetting for them. I think you're making a very good point about maintaining the different status between supervisor and staff. But I'm also a friend of radical authenticity, and I believe it can assist in creating trust so people are willing to follow instruction. It's important to set boundaries, yes, to avoid oversharing, yes, but selectively communicating about what's important to you and asking others to do the same can be a powerful mechanism for driving authentic interactions. 
It can help dismantle the barriers that people naturally construct when communicating with someone in a professional setting. So what about peers? Do you see them as competitive? If they're any good, they're competitive. In a team, you compete for advancement, uh, the plum assignments. Some people do that by working better and harder. Others do it by undermining their competition. You know, there's usually an Iago in large groups. I have witnessed confidential information being passed on to undermine someone or to put the informer in a more advantageous position. If there's someone at work that you'd like to befriend, you feel that you really connect with them, do it when you're no longer working together. That's an important thought. How do you distinguish someone who's envious from someone who's competitive? And how does envy become a problem? Well, envy and competitiveness are really different. Someone who's envious wants to have what you have, not necessarily rise above you. Envious people do not have your best interest in mind. So you can't give them the ammunition that can work against you. Here's an example. Years ago, when I was working at a major film studio, I returned from lunch to find another attorney in my office walking the length and the width of the room. When I asked what he was doing, he said he wanted to see if my office was bigger than his. And it was. I was certain that he would have been happy to see me gone so he could move into my bigger space. And I wasn't going to help him with that. One thing's interesting about envious people, they make their resentments obvious. So when you see that envy arising, be warned. Don't think that you can change it. It really comes from a deep-seated place. Yes, that's very sad, but that does happen. How about the worst of all, the person who's actually sadistic? Sadistic is rather a harsh word, although I have encountered people in the workplace who are sadistic. But let's just say someone who likes to rule over you by threats or humiliation or by throwing you off your game. These are the kinds of moves to show power. By belittling you, that person winds up saying, you're less and I'm more. This is usually coming from someone who's in the boss position, and it's really the worst management style of all. So if your boss or the person in power treats you that way, what can you do to extricate yourself and to maintain self-respect? First, don't ever show that person your button, your weak spot. From the very beginning of your relationship, note that this is a person who's going to go after you where you're weakest. Because if you do show your weak spot, he'll go after it with relish. Keep yourself to yourself and just deal on a polite business level. Also, don't talk about your personal plans or problems. A punitive person is likely to do anything to disrupt you. So keep yourself to yourself. I like that. So the takeaway is to be polite and genial at work, but sharing your private life can be risky. So avoid doing that. I agree. Don't light a fire under your own feet. In our next episode, we'll be talking about fatal mistakes that can ruin a career and its antidotes. Thank you for listening to Brava. If you'd like to follow us, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Podcasts and rate us. You'll also find us on social media and www.brava.productions.